Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. I'm so excited that you're joining us for Easter Sunday at Radiant Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant. And we're so glad that you're with us, especially those that are with us for the very first time. Maybe someone shared this message with you. We want you to know you mean a lot to us. We value you. We can't wait for you to visit us when we're back in normal services. We don't have a lot of traditions at our church, but one of them that we do every Easter is what we call an annual Easter survey. And what I'm going to encourage you to do, whether you're a visitor or a regular attender, a dream team, or maybe you've been here from the very beginning, we ask everybody to fill out an annual Easter survey. Now, we normally have these uh, printed out, ready for you to go, but since we're not meeting in person today, we put all of this online, and we would love for you to do it. Why? Because we value your input. This helps us develop sermon series. It helps us develop our service times. It also helps us figure out what locations we are going to be starting next. And if you haven't heard, because of last year's annual Easter survey, we are starting our fifth location in just a few months in North Tampa. And we'd love for you to be part of that team. More information is on our website. So sometime over the next few minutes, why don't you fill out that annual Easter survey? We'd love to have you as part of that. And during this time that we're kind of in this crisis mode, I want to give you a little bit of vision before I get into the message. I'm calling this our strategic vision for this season. And I've come up with four major things that I want us to focus on as a church. This will help lead us through this season. So if it's over the next month or two months or three months, we're not sure what the future holds. But here's kind of what your church is going to be doing during this time. First of all, we're going to make sure that we care for our radiant members. I want you to know you've, you are valuable to us. We love you. You are family. And the only way for us to care for you properly is to let us know if you have a need. And the way to do that is through an email that we've put out called care at weareradiant.com. And that email is there for you to, if you have a problem, you have an issue, you're struggling, let us know. If you need prayer, let us know. If you need finances, let us know. We want to help you through this season. The other way we're going to care for you is that we are calling an audible here and we are starting a new semester of Radiant Groups in just a few weeks. This is brand new. We've never done virtual groups like this before, but we're starting a full semester of groups that'll help connect you at a time that we are socially disconnected. We want to make sure that we are connected with each other through these virtual groups. So they're going to start on the first weekend in May, May the 3rd, and we'd love to have you part of that. More information is going to be given, so make sure you're part of that. And if you've led a group in the past, we need you to lead a group when it's coming up here in May, so make sure you sign up to lead a group. Second thing we're going to be doing is we are going to make sure we are intentional about outreach into our region. We believe that when life is the darkest, the church should shine the brightest. So we're going to be reaching out, and there's a lot of opportunities that are coming up. We've already been able to reach out and help a lot of our medical personnel and people with, that are struggling around our city through different feeding programs. We're going to find other ways to serve, and all that information is going to be um, updated on our website, weareradiant.com slash COVID outreach. You can find that information there. The third one is simply this, is that we are going to make sure we are innovative in our digital ministry. Now, I, I think that this opportunity that has happened, this crisis has really become an opportunity for us to get better at reaching people 
digitally. And so you're going to see major improvements over the next few weeks, the next few months of what online church looks like. Not because we don't want to come meet back together. We want to. But we also believe that God is bringing about opportunities and innovation in this time to help us reach more people digitally. And the last one is simply this, is that we are working behind the scenes during this time to really improve our ministries. So when we do come back together, children's ministry and youth ministry and how we do groups and how we do next steps, everything's gonna be better. So we're taking this time to do those four things. So be praying for us, stay engaged, and I truly believe the best is yet to come. All right, take out that Radiant app or right there on Church Online. You can follow along with our notes as we continue a series that we're calling The Day That Changed the World. The Day That Changed the World. And we're looking at some days that are big days that changed everything. And so we think about it in our life. There's a lot of these days that you guys have had. Uh, you got to think the day that you were born is a day that changed everything. Which, by the way, if your birthday is in April, I saw this meme. I thought it was pretty funny. That, that is what your life looks like right now if your birthday is this month. But that's not just the only day. The day that maybe the day that you met your spouse or the day you got married, the day you held your first child. I'll never forget holding my first child. She looked like a little alien, but man, I loved that little baby like that. It was, it was a day that changed everything. How about the day that those kids went off to school? There was a day that changed everything. And then what about a few weeks ago when those kids came home from school and school was canceled and now you're the homeschool teacher. I love this meme I saw right there, how some homeschool and then how I homeschool. And that is the truth right there at the Burke House. We have a lot of fun during this homeschool season. But I'm telling you, there's, there's different days that change everything. The day your kids went off to college. Some of you, this is the day that those kids just came home a few days ago, a few weeks ago, and are sleeping on your couch, and you want them to get back to college soon. But there's other big days that changed everything. Days like 9-11. Days some of you remember when Kennedy was killed. Days when Joe Exotic went to prison. I mean, you got to think about those days that change everything. Or how about in Tampa, the day just a few weeks ago when we found out that Tom Brady is going to be our new quarterback. That's a great day for our region, which by the way, we need to get him to Radiant Church all across our city, all across our region, get him here. There's days that change everything. And I'm looking in the Bible through this season and looking at four days that change everything. We looked last week at Palm Sunday, and I called it a day that God chose me. And if you missed that message, you can find it online. Next Sunday, we're going to look at Ascension Sunday, which is the day that God commissioned me. It'll change the world. Here's the, the last one is a Pentecost Sunday. In two weeks, we're going to talk about the day that God empowered me. You're not called to do this without his power, without his strength. But on Easter Sunday, you can write it down in your notes. I want to talk to you about Easter, the day God saved me. The day God saved me, where he took me out of an impossible situation and he saved my life. There's some people that are watching this today and you need God's saving power in your life. That's what we're going to talk about today for Easter Sunday. Actually, let me give it to you in another day that changed my whole life. Kind of connects with our, our passage and our story for today. It's a day that changed the world for me was a day that I actually... You might not know this, but it's a day that I got expelled from high school. Now, I've mentioned this before at Radiant Church that I got expelled. I mentioned it in a message a few weeks ago. 
And all these rumors started flying. So I thought it's Easter Sunday. I might as well set the rumors to rest and let you guys know, listen, I didn't do anything illegal. Um, I didn't get expelled from anything that's like a skeleton in my closet that's going to come out. Like, I just want you to know, I was a good kid. I just like to have a lot of fun in high school, and it all caught up to me one day. The story goes, so I'll give you a little background. Hi, I got saved at 16 years old, right in between my 10th and 11th grade year. And I was super passionate about God, but I did a lot of crazy stuff before that. I was always suspended and always in, in, in detention. So when I really started following the Lord, I started doing a lot of ministry on my, on my high school uh, Christian school there. And, and so my principal, he did not like me at all. He, he thought I was kind of a, a hypocrite because of how bad I was in the past. And so he told me, he said, Aaron... He goes, listen, if you're going to be in leadership here, if you get one more in-school suspension, you're kicked out. You're expelled. I said, yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to be really good. Well, I tried my hardest, okay? And it got to a month before school was out. A month before. I had survived the entire year without getting in-school suspension. Now, a lot of you guys are th- sitting there thinking, Aaron, that's not a big accomplishment. That was a big accomplishment for 17-year-old Aaron Burke. I just want you to know. So I get to the very end, and I, I just one day skip school with my friends to go have some fun. So I get back to school the next day. He pulls me into the office, and he says, Aaron, you have to, uh, you're going to be suspended. So you have to come in tomorrow, and you have to have in-school suspension. Well, if he's making me come in for in-school suspension, he's obviously not going to expel me. Our in-school suspension at this little Christian school was, they put us in this like closet. They made us pay money uh, to, for having somebody supervise us. And then we sat there and did all of our schoolwork the whole day. So the next day I came, I paid my money, had someone supervise me, sat the entire day in in-school suspension, did all my work, got done with the day. All my friends were out afterwards going, awesome. You had in-school suspension. There's no way he would expel you after he just punished you. The next day I come into school. It's a day that changed the world for me. I come into school. This principal called me into the office. He had this little smile on his face, a little smirk. You could tell he was excited. He called me in and said, Aaron, you're officially expelled from our school. My life changed. I freaked out. I called my mom and I said, Mom, you're not going to believe this. They're trying to expel me from a Christian school. I, they can't do this. She said, oh, no, they can't do that. She got in her car, ran down. I'm telling you, this is where the Burks came in to, like, action. I mean, we, we ran car businesses. Like, we could talk anybody into anything. And I remember Mama Burke coming up on the scene. And she was like, you don't mess with our kids like that. So she comes up. Her and the, this principal, you could see them visibly yelling and arguing back and forth. And no matter how much we tried, no matter how much we tried to convince it, there was no way for me to get out of the penalty for what I had done. You see, this is a good example to show us that, you know what? I had broken the rules. I had made the mistake. And now I was going to deal with the consequences. And no matter how much my mom tried, there was no way to get me out of the situation. I remember her coming to the car with tears in her eyes, probably because she was pretty embarrassed that her son was expelled from a Christian school. And she said, Aaron, this is the consequences of your decisions. And a lot of us are in that situation today. You're surrounded by situations that no matter how much you tried, you can't get yourself out of it. The sin is overwhelming. 
The addiction is unbreakable. The future is uncertain. The finances are dwindling. The anxiety is intensifying. And if you could fix it, you would fix it. Your friends would fix it. Your pastor would fix it. We have tried and you can't get out of it today. I think this is why God has you tuning in to Easter at Radiant Church because he wants to introduce you today to the God that can save you from whatever situation you're in. Your parents might not be able to save you, your friends can't save you, and you can't save yourself, but our God is in the saving business and he can save you out of your sin and out of the situation that you're in right now. You see, when we look at the scriptures and we see the empty tomb, you can write it down in your notes this way. Because Jesus rose from the grave, the empty tomb gives us hope that no person or situation is beyond saving. That's a great line right there. That's your tweetable moment for today. It gives us hope that because Jesus rose from the grave, we can be victorious. We can be saved, not just from our sins, but from impossible situations that you're going through today. So how do we do it? How do we ex receive that salvation from Jesus? I wrote it down into three steps, three words that I'm going to describe this whole thing with you today. The first word is that you have to recognize. The second word you can write down is that you have to release. And the third word is that you have to receive. Right there at home, let's say them out loud together. Ready? You have to recognize. You have to release. And you have to receive. All three of these we see throughout the scriptures that when God's people were in trouble, they would have to recognize they couldn't solve it on their own. They had to release their, their control to a God who is real, really in control. And then they had to receive all that God had for them in that moment. I think of God's people in, in Egypt as they were in slavery for 400 years they were in slavery and they couldn't get themselves out of it. So the Bible says that they started to pray. And what happened when God's people started to pray? So they recognized the situation. They, they released their control. They, they released their control by praying to God. And then what happens? The Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, the Lord says to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. He says, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And look what he says. I am concerned about their suffering. Let me tell you this on Easter. God is concerned about your suffering. Look what he says. He says, so I have come down to rescue them. This is what God does. He, when we cry out to him, when we release control to him, he comes down and we can receive all that he has for us, which is salvation. He's done it all throughout the scriptures. Impossible armies are overwhelming God's people. When they release control, God comes through for them. The droughts that were in the land, God came through. Lack of finances, God comes through. Giants attacking, God comes through. When the situation was out of their control, when they gave it to God, God steps in control of the situation and brings about victory. He's done it all throughout the scriptures, and it's what Easter is all about. You see, Paul says it like this in Ephesians chapter 2. He describes 
how each of our lives is out of control. How each of our lives are struggling. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Let me tell you what you can do when you're dead. Nothing. You have no control. You have no rights. You have no ability to overcome it. And that's how a lot of you guys feel right now. You can't get out of it on your own. If COVID-19 has uh, proven anything to us, it's shown us there are things that are out of our control and you feel dead and you feel like you can't do it on your own. So what happens? Like the rest of us, we were nature's we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us. That is what the cross demonstrates for each of us. God's great love for us. God who is rich in mercy, he made us alive in Christ. We, even when we are dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been, say it out loud, saved. This is what God came to do. When we were dead, we can have salvation. So how do we do it? Let me break down these three words together on Easter Sunday. Number one, you need to recognize what is out of your control. Now this is important. If you're going to find freedom, if you're going to experience God's salvation this Easter, you got to recognize what is out of your control. There's a lot of things that are out of your control. Let me say, there's a, if COVID has shown us a lot of things, there's you don't, the stock market's out of your control. The future's out of your control. What happens tomorrow is out of your control. What your family does is out of your control. And solving your sin problem is out of your control. What does it say in Ephesians 2? That we were dead in your transgressions and sin. This is all of us. That we've all been to a place where we said, I, I want to get free I want to walk in victory, but I can't. Why? Because sin takes over our life and we are out of control and able and not able to accomplish it on our own. So what do we do? Paul says it like this. He says, I don't understand what I do. Don't you feel like that at times? Like for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. Now, doesn't this make sense a lot during this quarantine time? Because you, you don't want to go get a snack from the fridge, but you do. Why? Because we don't have control a lot of times over our own body. It's the same way when it comes to sin and when it comes to walking in freedom and when it comes to having a healthy marriage and when it comes to raising your kids the right way. You try hard and you think you can do your best and we always end up short. It doesn't work. So what do we do when we figure out things are outside of our control? It brings us to number two. It's that we release your control to a God that is in control. Do you hear that? We release your control to a God that is in control. This is the solution to your problems this Easter. This is the path towards salvation for your life. Now, this is a problem because like me, I'm sure you like to be in control. Actually, right there at your home, we, you can all kind of make a consensus together that there's probably at least one control freak in the room right now. Why don't you all just take a second and just point to that one or maybe I'll look at them. You've, you've stayed with them for three weeks straight in the house. You know who it is. We all have one. And let's be honest, in my household, it is 100% me. I am it. I don't like being told what to do. 
I don't, I don't like the government telling me I have to stay in my house. I'm, I'm fighting that. I don't like to, but, but I don't like not being in control. I don't like not driving. I, I, I'm, I'm not a good passenger driver. I like being in control. And that's the problem with a lot of us is we try to control things that really we're not God and we can't handle it. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to release control to a God that is in control. Look what he says in James chapter four. He says, submit yourselves then to God. That, that's a good phrase right there. It just means release control to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And look what it says in verse eight. Come near to God. So you're gonna leave your ways. You're gonna come near to God. And look what he'll do. He will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And look what he'll do in return. He will lift you up. You see, we all want that lift up, but many of us don't understand. It starts with humbling ourselves, saying, okay, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it God's way. You can write it down in your notes this way. Your salvation starts at surrender. And I know that's tough to hear because everybody wants an easy way out, but really the only way to get the salvation, not just from your sin, but from the situation you're in, is to surrender it to the Lord. You surrender your sin to the Lord. You surrender that addiction to the Lord. You surrender your marriage to the Lord. You surrender your pride to the Lord. You surrender your finances to the Lord. And the salvation that comes, comes from you surrendering what is out of your control to a God that is in control. I want to encourage you today. God is in control. He is worth surrendering your issues Two, look what happened. Remember I mentioned the verse in, in Exodus where God's people were in Egypt and they're, in, they're suffering. And as soon as they cry out to God, look what the scripture says again. He says, I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them. Our God is a God that is willing to come down and rescue his people. Which by the way, that is what makes the difference between Christianity and every other religion on earth. Every other religion on earth says, do what is right so that you can come up to God. Where Christianity says, I know you can never do what is right, so God's going to come down to you. He's going to meet us on our level, and that's what he did 2,000 years ago. Romans says it this way, but God demonstrates his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, we didn't do what is right, Christ died for us. He is a God who is in control over victory, over sin, hell, the grave. And what is our response? Our response is to surrender what we can't control to a God who is in control. What does surrender really look like? What does it really look like to put your faith in God? I think the best example I can give you today is of a guy by the name of Charles Blondin. You might not have heard Charles Blondin. He's one of the greatest tightrope walkers in, all, in, in history. And he tightrope walked across Niagara Falls, 160 feet above the falls, several times. Story goes that each time he did a different daring feat across. So one time he did it on a sack, one time on stilts, on a bicycle, in the dark, blindfolded one time. One time, listen to this, he even carried a stove and cooked an omelet in the middle of the rope. Blondin suddenly addressed the audience, and here's how the story goes. He says, 
do you believe that I can carry a person across in a wheelbarrow? The crowd at the side of Niagara Falls all enthusiastically yelled, Yes! You're the greatest tightroper in the world! We believe! Okay, says Blondin. Who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? The crowd goes quiet. Of course, nobody did. Why? That's the difference between saying I trust and really trusting. You see, I think there's a lot of people who say they trust God. Really trusting God is getting in the wheelbarrow. It's saying, I'm not just going partially in. I'm not just an Easter Christian or once in a while when I'm having a struggle. But I'm going all in. And I know with my life, I, I was up and down and back and forth. But when I had that experience with God at 16 years old, I went all in with Jesus. It was, it was not just part of me. It was all of me. And I think today, a lot of people are looking for salvation. Salvation starts when you go all in with Jesus. It starts at surrender number three is simply this it's not only do you have to recognize not only do you have to release but today i want to challenge you then to receive all that god has for you see there's a good part in this it's not just recognizing you're out of control and releasing your control to a god that is in control but there's another side of this that god once you re once you do release that to the lord you're going to receive all he has for us. Look what he did to the children of Israel. He brought them out of slavery into the promised land. He's got good things in store for your life, but you don't get them until you surrender to him. See, I think this is the biggest issue with Christianity today. Christianity, we have the greatest product, the greatest message. And why doesn't the whole world believe it? I think really it's because we don't have a product or a message problem, I think we have a branding problem. We say some things that just, just would be so opposite. They make it where Christianity is so difficult and such a drag and so boring. And I just think that following Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. We got, we got to make sure that we're representing this to the world. I, I do this every Easter, every other Easter or so is I show you guys some of the branding problems with Christianity, and one of them is some church signs. So I found a few of them for you today before I end this message, just to make you laugh. How about this one? It says, do you know what hell is? Come here, our preacher. Come on, how many know that's a, that's a bad branding right there? That is not the truth at Radiant Church, by the way. All right, here's another one like there. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Isn't that awesome right there? That's, that's not what we need to do either. Uh, one more. How about this one? Uh, we love hurting people. Now that one, let it sink in for just a second. Uh, it should say we love people that are hurting, but we love hurting people. We don't like to hurt people here at Radiant Church. Christianity's got a branding problem. Let me, let me, let me help fix the, the, the marketing problem for our church. Because really, I think a lot of you guys need to understand when you come to Jesus, what you give up is little in comparison to the greatness of what God has in store for your life. I want your attention. I only got a couple of minutes left. Let me just say this. 1 John 1, 9 says it like this. It says, if we confess our sins. What, 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 why would we confess our sins? Because we recognize we've got an issue. It's out of our control. We release it to God who is in control. Then here's the response. He is faithful. And he will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. We do the small part. 
God does the big part in all of this. When you come to God with your issues and with your sin and with your struggles, let me tell you, your surrender might look big, but it's really small compared to the greatness of what God wants to do in your life. I know it seems tough right now. We're in crisis, and there's a lot of things that you need saved out of today, but I want you to know that's why Jesus came. He came to bring you victory. This is what the cross shows us. We see uh, this whole kind of example, these three R words in Jesus' last few days of his life where he's sitting in the garden of Gethsemane right before he's betrayed. And he's having this fight over, man, do I want to go to the cross or not? And he actually says, God, is there any other way? Let me not go to the cross. And God says, no, you're the only way. You're the only way for people to experience salvation. And and he says this whole thing, will not my will, then yours be done. And what does he do? He releases control. Then he goes and he sacrifices his life on the cross. Seems like a big, big sacrifice right there on the cross. Then when, what happens? Three days later, Easter Sunday, he's rose, risen from the grave. How beautiful is that? Shows us what happens in our life. When we make a decision and say, you know what? I, I'm surrendering my will. I, I'm not in control. I'm going I'm to give it to a God that is in control. And then I'm going to make a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give Jesus my life, my past, my future, my finances, whatever it is. I'm going to give it all to him. Then here's what happens. There will be a resurrection in your life too. Here's how Romans says it. Ready? It says, since we have been reunited with him in his death, since we, since we sacrificed, since we gave him our life, we will also be raised to life as he was. There's greatness that God has for you. He wants to raise that marriage to new life, to your potential to new life, your, your future to new life, those finances to new life. He has life in store for you. So I have good news for you today. Easter is a day that we can celebrate. He is a God that saves us. And here's how I'll close it. Ready? Easter isn't simply about celebrating a resurrection. It's about experiencing a resurrection in your life. He didn't just save me. He can save you. He can save you out of your sins, out of that anxiety, out of that stress, out of that worry. He is a God that saves us. I started this whole message talking about how I was expelled from school. And I'm telling you, it was a difficult time for me. I remember though my mom couldn't save me out of the situation and my, we tried and we tried to fight it with the administration and it wouldn't work. I remember I just had this moment where I just surrendered it to God. If you've been around Radiant, you've heard the story that through that period, God actually used it to, to bring me into a spot that brought me into a spot that brought me into a spot to really, I'm here where I am today, out of that trial, out of that struggle. I would have never been on this stage if I wasn't expelled then. You'll realize in your life that the things that even man couldn't save you from, when you surrender control to God, you'll watch how God will take even that bad thing. He'll turn it around for the good and you'll see your life blessed on the other side of it. He is a God that saves us and he wants to do it this Easter in your life. Right there where you're sitting, right there where you're standing, right at home. Why don't you just close your eyes because I think God is speaking to you right now. You can't get out of that sin you've tried. Can't get out of that lifestyle you tried. You can't break that addiction you tried. You need to recognize it's out of your control. Today's your day to release control to a God who is in control. And then you're going to receive all that God has for you. How do you do it? 
you confess and you say, Aaron, today I, I need a Savior. I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I'm just uh, not yet, on the count of three, if you're watching church online, you're going to click that button, I'm giving my life to Christ. If, if you're on Facebook or on YouTube, you're able to fill out that form right there. But on the count of three, I want you to, to click the button. I want you to respond and say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Today's the day I'm releasing control to him. And your salvation starts at this moment of surrender. One, two, three. Make that decision right now. All across Tampa Bay and across our nation, across the globe. There's hundreds of people right now saying, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm not going halfway in. I'm going all in with Jesus. That's you. Why don't you pray this prayer? Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my sin. I recognize this stuff is out of my control. So I release control to a God that is in control. And I want to receive all that you have for us. I want to receive your forgiveness, your healing, your freedom, your power, so that I can be all that you've called me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those that just made the best decision of their life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a second. I want you to fill out that annual Easter survey. Check on there. I committed my life to Christ. Let somebody know about it. And I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. So glad that you joined us for Easter at Radiant Church. And I want us to end across Tampa Bay with our benediction. We say it every single week at our church. So let's declare it this week. Let's declare it loud right there in your room. Let's say it together. This week, I am moving towards Christ, towards community, and towards my calling. Because of Jesus, I am getting better and I will keep coming back. We are Radiant. We love you guys. Happy Easter. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.